Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. We're here today to put the her in pow her. Very nice. Pow her. Power. That's mm-hmm. in there, kind of. My name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And Joy, I have another thing that annoys everyone, that it annoys me, that it annoys everyone. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. So, um, I guess I have to tell a little bit of a story. I never wanted to start a story like this. But I'm starting a whole episode like this, so it's too late now. <laughs> I'm committed. Okay. So I was standing outside of a class this morning. Okay. And there were all these people sitting there waiting. And so we're all just waiting. The door's locked. We can't go inside. And it was awkward sitting there, like, with all these people. I don't know. But mm-hmm. they all, like, seem to know each other. Like, they, okay. they apparently, like, do this a lot. Okay. Okay. And because they do this a lot, they all have like a spot in the room. You know how, you know, you go to a, into yeah. a room, you sit yeah. in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Well, all of them were complaining about how like if the teacher doesn't get there soon and unlock the door, they're not going to be able to get their spot. And they all agreed that this was very annoying, but it made no sense to me because I'm like, well, no matter when the teacher gets here, the door is going to be unlocked at the same time. But, like, why do you have to have the same spot? Like, I don't get it. Well, and it seemed, it would seem as though they weren't in any, the only real issue I could see is if some of those people out there had competing, were competing for the same spot. But they were all friendly, so I'm assuming that wasn't the case. But they all have a spot, and they have to work out in that spot. <laughs> And I'm like, well, why it's, do you work out differently in that spot? Why is this annoying? Like if somebody was in your quote unquote spot, I, it annoys me that it annoys them. That's what I'm saying. Like this should not. Like if you really thought about it. Can we move on? The spot in the room is not contributing to anything. No. This place that you sit in church doesn't actually contribute. You are not getting more spiritual. Your dad's never going to be like, sorry, the sermon was a little bit off. Because Summer Freak. was sitting in the back today <laughs> instead of the front. Okay, I do get that comment now every week. People are like, what are you doing back here? And I'm like, do you see the fan that I'm sitting next to? It's 85 degrees in here. I'm sitting next to a fan. Right. Like, I, yes, I moved my spot. And well, the thing is now is I've been sitting in a different spot at church for so long now that during winter when it's not 85 in there anymore, I won't get my spot back because somebody else is sitting there now well now it's someone else's spot so i'm committed just so whatever as long as there's a fan i'm sitting there <laughs> it's so hot it's so hot but the there. fan is a contributing factor it's the only factor so i'm sitting there it's not the, the same fan. as just wanting your spot because it's your spot no if the fan moved i would move i'm going where the fan's going is what i'm saying have you heard this thing oh this is potentially about to start a whole Ooh thing uh, are you talking about the pigeon people again no <laughs> okay no um 
So I've heard I it was the first time I've ex, I've uh, it's been said so explicitly. But hmm. have you been hearing have you been hearing talk about how uh personal property is a um it's like a moral social construct created yes. by capitalism? Yes, I have. Uh, actually, I've been following that discussion since last year when I discovered that The Who and all the people that have constructed the COVID panic, uh-huh. um, they... For a second, I thought, you saw, I thought you meant the band. The band, no. And I was like, what about The Who? Okay. The but WHO. Not the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started putting out these ads about how bright our future is and... What I really thought was interesting was two two points really interested me. And this let me know that, okay, they, they don't want us to have anything. They're talking about how in the bright future that they're creating uh, as they reset society, because that's their, their words, not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we won't eat meat and we'll be happy and we won't own anything. We'll only be renters and we'll be happy and it's going to contribute to our happiness. So it's like, We'll like literally we're going to live on like we're going to be serfs like we're going back to like the right. uh, we're going back to like a fiefdom where like you don't own, you won't own anything. We will own everything. You will borrow it from us. You will be happy. You will also enjoy your Soylent Green. <laughs> like, yeah. Ownership. Ownership makes you guys all really rowdy. <laughs> You guys think you have like a say around here? Um, so and- we're going to buy all the <laughs> land and all the houses. We're going to make it unaffordable and then enjoy your salad. Like it's kind of. Right. Yeah. So, yes, um, that is a very popular uh, communist socialist belief that. Owning- why, why did I imagine when you said enjoy your salad? I imagined <laughs> Michelle Obama saying it. <laughs> With a big smile on her face. Because she'll be the poster child. Being beamed into my brain. Yeah. With a chip. <laughs> with a chip. She just, no chips. Just she salad. just like jumps in. <laughs> enjoy. I mean, I, I do enjoy a good salad, but I, I enjoy it loaded down with all the like extra beef. Just beefy, right. <laughs> meaty salad. That you buy yourself and you and, bring home yeah. and you assemble the salad. Yeah. I don't need you guys. It's to... not about salad, guys. It's about <laughs> it's about stop the telling war me on, to not eat on meat. Property ownership. They want you to be weak. I'm sorry, vegetarians. <laughs> well, and the, but here's the thing: is like if you like if you don't have a biblical foundation, you don't have a standard. Yeah. For private property. Right. And if you just look Wait, at the world, Joy, if you, you think just look private at... property is something that the Bible speaks about. Oh yes. What? Everything. Speaks about everything. <laughs> um somebody But yeah, it makes that sense that someone would be like Yeah. Would be like, Well, capitalism is just a construct. Uh-huh. And in order for them for us to have this system that works off of the exchange of goods and services. Right. You have to want things and those things need to be possessed by you. Like mm-hmm. you can't have something that you want unless you have it. Mm-hmm. So um, so basically, private property is just a concept that was created by capitalism, which was right. created by the top 1%. Right. Um, and that means we should get rid of all that because that would make things better because that's what's making things evil. Right. So that would make things... If you can get it's rid of the evil... It's going to be better when 
100% of people don't own anything and the government owns everything. You know who always loves saying that? It's just like people who own a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's always people who own a lot of stuff that are like, why are we just, why do we like this so much? It's weird. We'd be better without it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's... um. That's where our culture is headed. And I think most people our age don't even know what's wrong with it. Oh, yeah. Nope. They mm-hmm. don't. They are like, yeah, well, I love renting. It's like, oh, right. oh, you know, just consider the next time you think that's a great idea, how how great your DMV experience is. Coming soon to a home near you. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Hi. Yeah. Yep. That's Joy. I'm Summer. <laughs> um... We... I don't even know where we went with that. Did you say the whole, did you say your whole thing? I or did, did, I just yeah. Miss it? Okay. I did. Well, you're right. And then I you started, joking. you randomly started talking about private property rights. I don't know. I just. Is it... that the thing that annoys some people, that it annoys you, that it annoys them? Private property rights? <laughs> well, I, I guess me. <laughs> um, yes. I think I, we went too many back and forth there. And it annoys you, that it annoys them, that it annoys you, that it annoys. How many are there? Two. It annoys annoys you. you, That it annoys annoys them. Nobody should be annoyed by private property. No. Okay. That was yours. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't even know you brought one and Mm -hmm. you did. Anyway. But it makes sense that people are annoyed by it though. Right. Because they have no, because they are just making it up as they go. Right. (laughs) This sounds good today. Hmm. As I sit in my own personal home amongst my many lavish plentiful belongings <laughs> you know what a thought occurs to me today ownership is the worst <laughs> i wish i didn't own any of this. you know how in my culture i just have time <laughs> to just like sit around and enjoy my belongings <laughs> you know what would be great is if the government took all of it yeah and just let me if, borrow just it just leave me tiktok <laughs> government and i'll be fine oh well hey um if you want to learn how to fight the power you should join our book club (laughs) (laughs) or just support us at patreon.com slash sheologians we also have a store it's at shop um i can't think of what else we need to tell them we'll see you at the cross politic conference that's september 9th through the 11th in nashville outside of nashville you just look it up on the website. I have never been there. I know it's just outside of Nashville. Um, what else do we have to tell them? You can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. I keep getting tagged in pigeon memes and M&M memes. What, something happened with M&Ms recently. I don't hmm. remember what it was. Wasn't it? Something with me and you? I don't remember. But I keep getting tagged. M&Ms are the worst. I don't understand. Anyway. <laughs> All of you guys are still trying to convince like, us of just, something crazy. We, It's not personal. Like, I still, I'm sure I'll still like you when I meet you. Yeah. But you will never convince me. No. You will, that... you will sooner convince me that property rights are bad <laughs> than you'll convince me that M&Ms right. are good. Agreed. Is what I want to say. Agreed. Anyway. Same. Same. <laughs> Okay, um, so today we're talking about girl power. I, ew. <laughs> ew. But, yeah. You know, it needs to be talked about. You know what's actually funny is uh, 
girls like t-shirts that you buy at target and stuff that uh-huh. say things like girl power or yeah. whatever like the future's female yeah kind of just stuff like that or like i'm so strong which is like if you have to wear that on your shirt isn't that an admission of something but anyway um that you're not like well and it's just, just like well <laughs> i don't know it you wear we understand the concept that you wear shirts with things on them that you like. So right. when you wear a shirt on it that is praising yourself, it basically... I love to praise myself. I love me. I oh, love me. It's the worst. Um, Actually, this this was the thought I had. So standing outside the same classroom this morning, um, the teacher was running a little late. And one of the ladies is like, well, you know, don't give her a hard time. Like, she has three kids. And then a really an older lady who like she had to have been 80. I don't know how she does this class. She probably mm. lifted heavier weights than me, honestly. Like <laughs> it was terrifying. Sometimes that's how it goes. Like, I, whoa. I was like, OK. She was like. It's her spot. It's, it's her spot. Don't take her. It's, it gives the power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone was like, don't give her a hard time. She has three kids. And then the really old lady was like, that's not my problem. That was her problem. That was her choice. And I was just like, wow. And everybody started laughing and having this conversation about how, like, kids are the worst. And it was mostly women. Mm-hmm. And so I just had this thought of, like, it's so accepted in our society to really be gross and ugly like that. Yeah. About kids mm-hmm. and, and moms, too. Oh, it is. It's absolutely built into the fabric. Of everything. Of who we are. Yeah. Like, it. it's not even assumed if you bring up that you have kids to a stranger, it's not even assumed that you wanted that, it, that you're having a good time, that it's going right. well, that you like it, that you could be content and happy. It's assumed that you're it, not having a good time, that you're stressed out and underappreciated. Right. That's what. Right. Like instead of hi, I'm mom. Right. That's what your shirt. That's what our next. That's what the shirt says. <laughs> hi, I'm mom. It says uh, I'm mom. I'm underappreciated and unhappy. <laughs> Instead of, I love me. I'm miserable. (laughs) Yeah. And it was. But I have kids. So, you know. It blew my mind (laughs) that like this is a woman who like everybody, they obviously respect her. They come to her class every Saturday. um, But they know that she has three kids and they're like ragging on her about it. And it was just like it kind of that set a real tone for me of like it, it was just eye opening to be in the middle of a group of people just actively hating on having kids and calling it a problem. Right. Yeah. And so anyway, that made me think about what we're going to talk about today of just like how, how impactful and how serious it is, how we use our words, like how we speak about other people or an entire group kind of person mm-hmm. a child um is like you said it's in the fabric of our society right. and obviously what comes out of our mouths you know as we know is because of what's in our hearts so uh i'm not i'm not reversing those two and saying that but they're they're very related they right. very much have a lot to do with each other and how you speak will affect how you think just as obviously how you think affects how you speak, but it, it goes also, it goes both ways, and it will challenge. Yeah, it will challenge people who you're talking to, because there might be people that instantly want to 
joke around and be like, oh, those kids and that husband, right? Mm-hmm. But if you can respond maybe a little counterculturally, mm-hmm. they might be like, well, I guess I'm making the joke. Like, I'm making the hot mess joke, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not taking it seriously mm-hmm. enough. Maybe I don't really think that about my kids. Maybe I don't. Right. You know, maybe I should. Right. I think more than anything, just something that I kind of, I've been thinking a lot about that I want everybody to be thinking about because it's been so helpful to me is just that I think we, uh, most of us, if you're listening to this, you're a Christian, you're a woman, like you intellectually believe that uh, how you be a woman and how you be faithful and how you carry out what God has for you matters. You believe that. But a lot of times that doesn't come out in our actions. Like we believe it mentally, but we don't actually live like how I speak to my kids today matters. Right. How much I speak to my kids today matters. The kinds of things I say to my friends today has an impact and it has eternal significance. It's one thing to believe that mentally and it's another to put feet on it. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we all, we have this thing where we can look around and see, okay, one of the fruits of sin, one of the things that appeals to the flesh is selfishness resulting in not loving children, not wanting children, not taking care of children, not laying down your life. Um, that's something that I think are appeals to the flesh, obviously, but for those of us who are like, no, you know, I've laid that aside. I don't pursue that. Like I want to pursue the things of the Lord. Um, how are we actually putting that then into practice? Cause I think that's a lot of where, uh, female glory lies Mm. is, is not just in a mental consent to the fact that, okay, well, we know God is good. He's made me a woman. I'm going to live in accord with that. But how are you, like, do you believe that right. it's powerful? Yeah. Do you believe that it's doing something? Right. Do you believe that your wifing and your mothering and your hospitality, have you made the the mental connection between the action and the fruit? Because I, that is that has to happen yeah. in order for it to be something that's faithfully pursued and executed. And it, and it's just, uh, it's, it's just super, super important. Yeah. Um, I think something that you were just saying, I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, I think one of the, there's a disconnect or a misunderstanding somewhere, but basically it's that when we're told to be joyful or to be content, we think that obedience equals acting joyful and content. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we s- strong arm or motivate ourselves into just always acting, acting like you are. Um, and the result is, I would say, uh, to put it lightly, a, uh, crippling Mm. depression and sadness like a crippling opposite of whatever you're trying to Mm -hmm. uh, do because you're not actually when God tells you to be joyful when he tells you to be content 
he's not saying pretend like you are. Right. Fake he's it till you make be it. it. <laughs> right. Be it. Right. Um, and I understand that that's not, that's, um, I'm not saying be it just to be like, oh, it's so simple. Just be it. <laughs> but it's right. something that requires intentional work. Right. Um, and you may want to, you know, if you're, if you heard me say that and you're like, oh, I do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to be joyful. Mm-hmm. Then you should talk to somebody about that that can help yeah. you. Yes. Someone that can help you. Um, right. Not just anyone, <laughs> but someone that can actually help you. Um, because I, does, I think it creates this disconnect where we think, it, well, and I do also, I think it's perpetuated by um, the idea that that women aren't actualized mm. in that role. Mm-hmm. They're only... So the only option a mother and a wife could be when it comes to being cheerful or joyful or content is to pretend. Right. That's the only option. Right. Because it won't actually bring Joy. happiness. Right. Um, and so I think we need to make sure we're not being influenced by that, by our decades of upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not as not quite so easy. It takes constant meditation right. on scripture, renewing your mind, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it sort of stems from this idea that we actually think Christian women can't be happy right. because they're actually they're they're actually enslaved to this superstitious, uh, pro patriarch. Uh, right. institution right but um and you everything i'm saying you may be like oh no i don't believe that but sometimes what i'm saying is sometimes we do things we live that if we like, really thought about it right. yeah like you talked about the actual application yeah um but yeah no i i've been thinking about that a lot and just how um i mean honestly kind of just feeling sad for how many women do are wondering like how how can I be joyful how can I be content um and then they just like pretend right to be well and because there's really no like pretend fruit no (laughs) that doesn't really well there is fake fruit and it tastes very bad (laughs) right it produces (laughs) if you've ever accidentally bit into your grandma's fake fruit bowl you know you immediately know the real thing from the fake uh, yes, unmistakable. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of the, just the whole, everyone's heard this, the conversation around telling women to smile. Oh, uh-huh. Uh, and this is an interesting one for me for a couple reasons. So, number one, if you were telling your uh, your son or any boy, guy, man, I don't even care, someone of the male gender, uh-huh. to carry himself in such a way where he's pleasant. Mm-hmm. If you were telling your son, like, please be pleasant to be around. Yeah. Please be a joy to be around. Everybody would be like, yeah, we should tell men that. We should tell them to do that. We should tell them to be kind. We should tell them to be polite. We should tell them to be pleasant to be around. But for some reason, if you turn that on to females and say, hey, you should be pleasant to be around. You should smile. Just the response is hilarious, right? Right. I mean, I've seen so many tweets, so many TikToks, so many posts about how wrong it is to tell a woman to smile. And I've watched these these feminists say, like, I will not smile because a man told me to smile. And it's like, 
there there's so this it's this is where we're at we're at a point where you are anti-smiling right you're anti-smiling if a man is pro-smiling yeah but here's the deal everyone should be pro-smiling right where when you see a baby smile you're not like oh look at that encoded into the patriarchy that baby's smiling can't believe someone made that child smile i mean smiling (laughs) is just I mean, what is it? Is it a social norm? Did we create, like, what if it was hitting your head on on the wall three times? Oh, my gosh, look how happy she is. <laughs> but this is this is an example of smiling. And, you know, you just have to be careful because it's not it generally I would say it's not someone's business whether you're smiling or not. But the actual point you're trying to make is not about it's not about. Like you still, regardless of what someone else's business is and what they're doing with it, they're not always going to mind their business, which means it's on you Mm -hmm. to have your business taken care of. Well, here's my unpopular opinion. And if your business is that in response to them doing a thing you didn't like, you've become (laughs) anti-smiling, maybe you've gone a little far. There's a problem here. (laughs) But my unpopular opinion is that the feminists aren't entirely wrong about the smile. And right. what I mean by that is smiling is a powerful gesture. I mean that your kids are going to grow up knowing what kind of face you had when you saw them. Right. Like if you if every time your kid rounds the corner, you have a sour face, that is going to have a strong effect on their life. Right. And if when you see them, you are joyful and you smile that is going to have a strong effect on your life. Georgia's been getting out of bed now, and she goes, "Morning," and it makes your entire day. Well, and I'm really—it's <laughs> and and it, so sweet. And I'm realizing, like, it's because that's what I say to right. her. It's that little gesture. She wakes up She's mirroring in the morning you. because I get up with her. I don't Thank go <sighs> another day having to wake up early to right. hang out with this whatever. Right. She's learning. She's watching and learning from you. How you treat her, how and how you feel about somebody right. is evident on your face. Yeah, and so I think that's part of why that whole conversation around smiling is so loaded is because essentially, if somebody is telling you to smile when you don't want to smile, they are telling you what to say. They're telling you what to communicate. Mm-hmm. They're telling you what to express. Right. And if you're angry and bitter and not happy, you don't want to express the opposite. Right. <laughs> like you don't want to express that. Uh, but I just think this is, this is a small thing that we can do for our loved ones that pays off in dividends. I'm really not trying to make a huge deal out of smiling. This is just an example of like where I really think, I really think we, we consistently undervalue the long term impact of our consistent behaviors as right. as women well and you I, I don't know just well it all goes back to I guess what your beliefs are on whether or not people should have to do things they don't want to do right um and it, you know obviously there's plenty of situations where it's perfectly acceptable to not do things that you don't want to do correct um but there's also many many more times I would even say mm-hmm. where you do uh you are supposed to um well i mean even the example of joy is a great thing just because 
even in trials, which our world would say that's the time when you get to fall apart, when you get to come crashing down. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. In trials are when you are supposed to be smiling. Right. I understand the annoyance. all joy. I understand the annoyance in people, like, especially if it's some creepy guy that's like, smile, which I've never had anything like that happen to me. I don't, I've never been told to smile other than maybe by like a photographer, photographer. or something. I'm about to take the photo. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm, I'm trying to like, uh, I'm thinking about your response to like the topic we it's not really even a topic necessarily but it's just kind of a conversation to have but like how you came at it versus how I came at it was different a little different but still I what I what I need to remind myself of all the time is that how I speak how I communicate how I use my time has a long-term impact on the people around me. Right. And that is a, that is a blessing. It can be a blessing or a curse, mm-hmm. depending on how you're willing to wield that power. Well, and you're saying it's a specific power that women have. Oh, yeah. Because we're the ones in the home. We're right. the ones you have raising the next generation. power anywhere where something's being governed. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have immense power. Yeah. Um yeah, the basically how does your home feel happy and light? Does it feel managed? Is it hectic? Is it angry when it doesn't get its way? Um and you're responsible for that. And then you're te- you for setting that tone. Right. That all comes from your own self-governance mm-hmm. and then you know, you're largely uh you know, not necessarily leading your household but you're governing them throughout the day and teaching them how Mm -hmm. to self-govern and women have an enormous impact on churches Mm -hmm. um i can't tell you uh the amount of women in our church that they're not single-handedly responsible for making everything go but everyone together oh yeah is absolutely responsible for the hospitality, for the meals, for the fact that the kids are wearing clothes, um, <laughs> you know, right. and that the kids are uh, well behaved and have activities or snacks or whatever. Right. Um, women have an enormous impact. I've seen women tear churches apart. Actually, yep. every time I've ever seen a church like go under or struggle. It was the women. It was largely due to Mm -hmm. either a group of women causing dissension or gossiping or Mm -hmm. um, whatever the case may be. But so basically you're, you're insinuating that like one of the girl powers that we don't want to talk about is just the effect that we have. Yeah. Like the true, true real effect that we have. Yes. On the people around us. Yes. And it, and we, this, I mean, this goes for anybody, male or female, uh, but since we're talking to women, you know, just specifically, I, I can't help but think of how, you know, we've said forever the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And even unbelievers can see that. Even unbelievers know that. Right. That's, that. it's obvious. Yeah. Your parent, your parents mold you 
and a generation of parents molds the next generation. Uh, but even more so, my question is like, we know that intellectually, but do we live in light of that fact? Right. Are you willing to control your tongue for the good of your future grandchildren? Um, I think the answer is probably no. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> Just because we're so influenced by I think you're right our as culture. Well. Um, but that's the thing that is like heavy on my mind is like, how do we, a lot of times, right? You're in a sewing season, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have little kids, you're in a sewing season yeah. and some of it, so much of us, we just want to see the fruit. We want fruit Mm -hmm. now, fruit now, fruit now Yeah. without trusting and believing that obedience is sowing and that we will, we will reap in faith what we have sown. Right. Um, but a lot of times we're not willing to wait for that. We're right. not like we want to feel powerful now. Yeah. We want to feel the effects of our work now. But so much of the spiritual life is sowing in faith and trusting and believing that what we're sowing in faith, it, it might take decades to see the fruit. Right. But the thing is, and this is something I think about a lot, is like you do not want to be in the final act of your life, you do not want to be a grandparent with no relationship with your kids and therefore no relationship with your grandkids because you were lazy as a younger person when you were raising your kids. Mm -hmm. You don't, there's no coming back from that. Now that doesn't mean that reconciliation can't happen and things like that. But what you sow over a lifetime, you will reap. And that right. has to be something that is before your eyes now. Right. Like, well, and that involves what you were talking about, which is the application of what you know, not just knowing it. Mm-hmm. Knowing how to sow the seed mm-hmm. is different mm-hmm. than the sowing. Right. <laughs> um, you, you should. Right. Absolutely. It's a great idea to learn about sowing and then sow. Right. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think that's where a large disconnect takes place is that um, we are kind of lacking in discipline as Mm -hmm. a society in general, obviously Mm -hmm. not everyone, Mm -hmm. but I think it makes it, and obviously we're, um, we're intellectual society, Mm -hmm. but we don't read or do anything that's really requires much discipline time effort so what that means is we know a lot of stuff but can't apply it or are unwilling to enact it because the application is the discipline right the application is yeah. the work yeah it's the hard part right um very interesting well and i mean i have you know i, brought, I have well yeah i brought proverbs because i think oh, in yeah. proverbs you see there's so many proverbs given about the effect of the wise woman and the foolish woman Mm -hmm. of the adulterous woman and the faithful wife. And there's, they definitely all over Proverbs, you know, uh, you see how the, the wise wife is her husband's crown. She builds her house. She's trustworthy. She's productive. And then the foolish woman, the adulterous woman is a snare. She's a pit. Like there's date. It's like danger, 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 danger. Um, and it, and, you know, the Proverbs tell us that that foolish woman will destroy your life. That's how powerful right. women are, oh, is that they yeah. will destroy. They can tear a house, tears a house down. Yeah. Like, and we're talking about, 
not the nails and the boards, although that's possible, mm-hmm. but the people inside of it. Right. And the relationships inside of it. And so, yeah, I mean, I brought some of those, but. Well, that's what made me, that's what made me think of this, like, concept. Mm-hmm. Because I, I forget what exactly we're reading, but it's Proverbs, Psalms, that kind of thing. I was just noticing that there's, like, a lot of, um, like, a lot of times sin and temptation are personified mm. as female mm-hmm. in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so th- what that didn't inspire me to do is create a whole episode of all the ways that like women should hate themselves for <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the things that they are. <laughs> right. But my point in my point was that we tend to think in our culture, we tend to think of women as the more virtuous of the sexes. And we tend to think that um, mm-hmm. we tend to focus, I guess, on the more pleasant uh, ways that women excel, which there are plenty. This is not a self-hating episode. <laughs> right. Um, but I just, it like it came uh, to my mind just that we should, we should, uh, we should not lose, we should not lose uh, focus on the destructive ability that women have because we also have this amazing, amazing ability to create. Like God, God has given us right. the actual ability to grow another person. Right. Um, and we also have the ability to destroy that. <laughs> to person. destroy. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I, I don't think you want to focus too hard um, on the excellencies of women and the uh all the ways that men just stink and fall short and <laughs> yeah. like that that is going to affect yeah your culture um obviously and so but that was i mean that was really what just kind of piqued my interest is that goes against you know like any talk of the adulteress or um seductress or mm-hmm. it's it's personified as female right um and i do think that uh women have a little bit more of a coy uh the ability to tempt um deceive uh i don't know it's interesting obviously i mean whatever i'm sure someone will love that i just said that um <laughs> but i but then i also was trying to think i was trying to think of something that i could do that would in this episode that would be constructive and not just like joy's well, voicemail you know? number is like something constructive that's not just like did you know you're also capable of great evil did you know that i yeah Um, well sometimes we need to be reminded but anyway but i uh well so i was trying to think of like warnings that were specifically given to women in the bible Mm. so Things basically that we're warned to look out for. Yeah. We're warned to look out for this particular destructive power yeah. of women. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, everyone's favorite. For, I didn't pick this verse over any others, but I just started here and this is. I don't know what you're about to say. Well, I was it's just going to talk not my about. Favorite. I was just going to talk about First Timothy too. Okay. And how like there is like there are commands given to men and there are commands mm-hmm. given to women. Mm hmm. And um, I was reading a commentary uh, on the passage and um, 
we're, I'm not going to get into the whole, I mean, in a way, like this might be our closest episode on modesty. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. But basically like, so it, like it tells men what to be doing and then says likewise. So while the men are doing this, the women should be doing this. Um, okay. And then there's a, like a lengthy warning about proper dress and quiet and it kind of clicked in my head that the ultimate warning there is this is not about you. Like in its context, mm. like you are not supposed to physically dress in a way that detracts from the worship of the Lord. You're not supposed to be shouting out things that detracts uh, from the worship of the Lord. Mm. And um, so God's God's not against commanding attention necessarily, but he is against you commanding attention away from him right you you becoming an idol or you becoming a god you're not the main character right you are not the main character (laughs) um (laughs) and so i thought that and i was like now stop stop for a sec Hmm. because he uses physical examples which he doesn't just use physical because he talks about speaking Mm -hmm. and not being quiet right um it can be very easy for you to just say, well, I don't make it about me. <laughs> I don't wear plunging necklines. I'm not wearing all this makeup. I'm not blah, blah, blah. Stop. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a conversation about physical modesty, mm-hmm. but um, I think we've made it very clear where we're at with that. So I don't even really need to get into that so much, mm-hmm. but, but basically the principle I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not like trying to get to the principle as a way to say you can wear whatever you want because this is what it really means. Mm-hmm. Cause it really does mean don't adorn yourself physically in a way that is distracting from worship. Dress modestly. Yeah. It really means that. Yeah. <laughs> but so there's no, what we're saying is there's so no question mark there that we're not even going to pretend like there is right. There might be, or right. you can insert one if you want and we'll, entertain that right like be modest so period so maybe take this and consider how often you make it about you Mm. and not god Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i I get it i hear it the message of the world today is Mm -hmm. it's about you yeah everything it's about about you you. make it about you um are you a mom it's about do anything do it's about you do anything from getting your nails done once a week to abandoning your family and running off like (laughs) whatever whatever. it's about you (laughs) you are the star of your own show So somewhere on the spectrum of it's about you you can do things Uh to give attention to yourself that Mm -hmm. are not in any con like there's no conflicting anything Mm -hmm. but i want you to stop and think about it and um i was super convicted when i actually stopped and i just like how often does your bad attitude your bad attitude is not it is competing because of your role in your household because of your role in your church Mm -hmm. as a servant Mm -hmm. your bad attitude is competing with the worship of the lord and you're making it about you Mm -hmm. um when you feel like your family is being unhealthy or unhealthy unhelpful are you generally pointing their full attention to the things of God or are you making it about you? Mm-hmm. Um, when your feelings get hurt, what do you do for the rest of the day? Mm-hmm. You make it about you. 
Um, do you blame your lack of fellowship on being shy, reserved, or just not good at social conversations? Is it because you're making it about you? Because community, especially in churches, mm-hmm. glorifies God. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about like your Sunday worship service. Yeah. Like that that whole service is done as a presentation to God. Nay, I shall not leave my comfort zone <laughs> for anyone. <laughs> so are you in that moment? Are you distracting yourself mm-hmm. from worshiping God? Mm-hmm. Are you allowing your unrenewed mind to be the center of things. You know, it would make worship really so much better. Is if everyone like myself? Is if everyone liked me and nobody ever thought anything bad about me? And I could just do it all on my own, actually. If I did it without you guys, it would be the best. With Gatorade instead of <laughs> wine. Um, or with the whole bottle. Depends. And yeah, I just said, like, are you self-conscious in church? Are you always self-conscious? Um, and like, are you more concerned about how people treat you as opposed to how you treat others? Mm-hmm. Then that means either in an internal way mm-hmm. or an immediately external way, like your family or maybe mm-hmm. your church family, mm-hmm. you are actually distracting mm-hmm. from the worship of God. Right. Um, yeah. And it totally transformed others probably and yourself. Yes. Like, and that's what I mean. Everyone. Like we tend to think like, oh, in that passage, it's talking about being a distractive presence in a group of people. But if you're distracting yourself, you are just as much not following right. that command. Right. Um, cause you can be dressed in, in a, <laughs> a potato sack, anything you can be dressed <laughs> in anything. And if you feel self-conscious in church, if you are always self-conscious, Mm-hmm. then you are going to make that whole service about you. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it, it totally rereading that passage and rereading the commentary that I use, which I use John MacArthur's commentary. I, uh, some people, for, I'm a matter. little bit used to, because of the <laughs> apology of radio crowd, I'm a little used to saying something like that and people automatically demanding like, how could, how could you, how do you reconcile any differences in beliefs you might have? Well, I reconcile it this way. He's a scholar. It's a great commentary. So I mean, you know, Um, (laughs) it's everything's fine. But so it really, that is, it is, I don't know. I, it just when it really came down to it, it became so clear to me mm-hmm. how much where we put ourselves, where women, moms, wives, single women put themselves on importance, like where they set themselves down. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Um, uns- you cannot separate mm-hmm. it from the worship of God. Mm-hmm. You cannot, you are going to affect mm-hmm. how people around you worship. You are going to affect how you are to worship. Yeah. And the same command isn't given to the men. Mm-hmm. So this must be this, at least this passage specifically mm-hmm. is to mm-hmm. one group of people and not the other. Right. Well, and, and so much in this conversation right now is like, well, what about the men? And it's like, well, stop. 
I'm just going to talk to you about what the Bible says. Right. Like, you don't need to make this into something else. No. But along the lines of what you're thinking, I think one of the powers that women wield, because you said whether you're a wife or a mother or a single woman, is that so many women want to make their ability to worship about how they're treated as a insert here, a wife or a mother or a single person. Like I can't worship at this church because how I'm treated as a single person isn't blah, blah, blah. It's not fulfilling me. I can't worship as a mother because all the other moms aren't dealing with what I'm dealing with. Your answer to that, your answer to that passage shouldn't be, well, but I am the center. <laughs> right. If someone says, right. when God says, get out of the way, right. you are interfering in the worship of me. You don't right. say, but, but I want to worship me. <laughs> right. right. God, God won't, he'll spit that out. He spits that out. Right. Right. And so it, it is, it is a very uh, self-focused way of approaching worship and community. And like you said, that will tear churches apart. That will completely tear them apart or it will make them worthwhile. And to put this all together, to put a bow on all of that, um, on Thursday night, I met a new girl at church and she came up to me and I don't remember seeing her on Sunday, but she, she said, you know, one of the best parts of my Sunday was how everybody was smiling at me. And it took me a second to process what she was saying. But, okay, there we have the power of the smile. Right. It made a difference for mm-hmm. this person. But number two, because where she came from, they were all still wearing masks, which I hadn't – I forget that right. people do that. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> what? Uh, it was powerful to her. Right. The kind of community where you can be in a community where, number one, people are happy to be there and they're smiling. Yeah. And, of course, right now, number two – you can see their smile, which is obviously a very big thing. Um, but yeah, it was that that you can make or break the community of a church by choosing what kind of female power you're going to wield. Right. We haven't even really touched on hospitality. In a yeah. way, we have. In yeah. a way, all of this is yeah. touching on hospitality. But specifically, I mean, what a huge way that women are called to serve the church regardless of whether you're single or you're a wife or you're a mother it doesn't matter like that is a big way that we are all called to serve Mm -hmm. each other um but yeah it's just how that's a really big one of like when you approach worship when you approach other people are you putting yourself in the center right are you deciding that your comfort is number one or like today when i when you wake up in the morning say today I am not going to get in the way of my family worshiping and that will affect my behavior mm-hmm. which means my behavior affects my family worshiping God right. like like yeah. if you can admit that if you wake up and from the moment you wake up you're just upset and nobody's doing anything right and you're not helping anyone mm-hmm. you, you are there, we don't even need to have an argument you are straight right. up not telling mm-hmm. your kids to pray you mm-hmm. are straight up not taking your anger to the Lord and teaching them through uh, them watching you right. through being a testimony. Yeah. Um, you are not leading them through the scripture more than likely. Um, right. And that's, so you just, it's you, you have such an impact. And then the way that you're, the way that you impact your kids oh. um, and the way you're yeah. behaving affects the kind of home 
that your husband comes home to at the end of a day of work, or maybe because of COVID, maybe it affects the type of home he works in. Right. Um, and then, and then generationally, affects, yes, because how, what you, how you teach your kids to deal with their problems now is, is how they're yes. going to deal with their problems in the future. And hopefully it's not going to be the kind of thing they're going to have to retrain themselves on. Right. right. But like what you if you teach your kids now how to be joyful, you are doing your future grandkids a favor. You're doing your future sons and daughters-in-law a favor. Mm-hmm. You're you're loving them actively. You don't even know who they are yet. Right. But generationally, your behavior has a generational impact and you have to parent with that in mind and church wide your how you show up to church whether or not you show up to church what you do when you're at church right. has an impact on the entire church yep. and it's so important that we do so in a way that honors god and that doesn't make us the main character yeah um and we know this we know this mentally but the question is like are we putting feet on it and that's the thing that's the question i think we all need to ask ourselves because if you are, if you know the truth mentally, but then you don't live it out, that's sin. Right. You're in sin. And that does, that's not a call to being perfect, but we are called to be holy. Well, that's why I said earlier that get, ask for help. Yeah. If you are realizing at any point during your week mm-hmm. that you are actually incapable mm-hmm. Of joy, capable of faithfulness and obedience. Mm-hmm. If you're incapable of obedience in this one particular way, mm-hmm. ask your talk to someone. Talk to your right. husband. Right. Talk to a pastor. Talk to someone that is appropriate to mm-hmm. for you to talk to. Mm-hmm. I'm not. We're not. Mm-hmm. We're not here to like. We don't know everybody that's listening to this right, right. now. So <laughs> right. I think sometimes people get the. Well, I guess maybe I I wonder if people get the impression that if they met us in real life, we would be the self-appointed, make sure you're doing everything right brigade. (laughs) No, that's not it at all. No. Um, We can can have opinions that are biblically based without any intention of looking in your windows and seeing what you're doing. Right. Um, This is just meant as an encouragement Mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. to be good, healthy, holy Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what this is. This is our, I mean, Summer and I have a very interesting way that we affect people <laughs> around us. <laughs> um, and I that's... don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, this is not something that you need to, like if you, if you're pretending to be able to apply your mental theological information, but not actually applying it, you should just ask for help Mm -hmm. to do that. Uh, You know, ask God to pray, pray, ask for that. He he, loves uh, to answer those prayers. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We don't always, sometimes we're not praying it because we don't want it answered. (laughs) We know it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Answering. (laughs) But yeah. Well, you can leave us a voicemail, 470-465-1111.
Am I saying the right number? Zero four seven five. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. I was just to like me. saying numbers, and I was like, "Where is it going? Is it going the right direction? <laughs> I'm not even sure. What am I saying? I was like thinking about the air conditioning. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Was the air conditioning on? <sighs> over there. Click on over there. Okay, it's fine. They can't hear it over here. Yeah, it's fine. You guys yeah. can hear it. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so I was saying the right number. You can leave us a voicemail. <laughs> at 470-465-0475 hit us up at patreon.com slash sheologians and we will see you guys next week see ya you take the dog I'll take the galaxy 500 you get the cat I get the cats you don't